0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hmm. Interesting that as soon as Raven QA testers end their strike act pulls the trigger on an organizational change yeah all right for january 26 2022 this is let's play daily gaming news hey what's going on my name's nate bender and welcome to let's play a daily gaming news podcast where we run down everything you need to know from the gaming world in about five minutes. Coming up, EA has announced three new Star Wars games, and RuneScape is getting not one but two tabletop games. Two days after Raven Software QA testers ended their strike and voted to form a union, studio had Brian Raphael emailed staff about an organizational change. Rafael's email details that the QA team would be broken up and integrated, quote, within various teams across the studio, including animation, art, design, audio, production, and engineering. Raffel continues, quote, Firstly, our move to embed our QA teams has been carefully considered and is a next logical step in the planned process that began several months ago. Secondly, we're confident that the embedded model, which is a best practice used at other prominent development studios across Activision, will continue to better position our team to deliver best-in-class coordination in a fast-moving live-services operation." Now look, I highly doubt that moving to an embedded model for the QA team was in the planning stages months ago. It's more likely that it was whipped up conveniently when the strike ended and when the workers started voting to form a union. Let's just call this what this is — union-busting. Jagex, the developers of the MMORPG RuneScape, are partnering with the board game developer Steamford Games to release two tabletop games based on RuneScape in 2022. The first is a Dungeons & Dragons adaptation of RuneScape with its own core book, featuring popular characters, locations, and quests from RuneScape. The RuneScape core book will be fully compatible with Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition, allowing dungeon masters to seamlessly integrate systems into their own games and will launch directly in stores. The second tabletop game is a board game equivalent to the RuneScape core book, which will have a Kickstarter campaign later this year. It's interesting to see a game like RuneScape, which is based heavily on all the systems in D&D, return to its roots. I know fans of the Final Fantasy series have made their own homebrew worlds based on the franchise, but if Square Enix theoretically released their own Final Fantasy core books, that might actually get me to play some D&D. Yesterday, Electronic Arts announced three new Star Wars games despite their exclusivity deal with Disney ending next year. The first title EA announced is a follow-up to their well-received Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The second title is a new Star Wars first-person shooter, directed by former VP of Development at LucasArts Peter Hirschman, whose resume includes the original Star Wars Battlefront games. And the last will be a Star Wars strategy game being developed by fledgling studio BitReactor. Lucasfilm's VP Douglas Riley commented on EA's continued development of the Star Wars franchise, saying, quote, "...we're excited to continue working with the superbly talented developers at Respawn. They've demonstrated excellence in telling epic Star Wars stories along with the best in-class gameplay across different genres, and we're looking forward to bringing more amazing experiences to the galaxy far, far away." Though, after a decade of EA Star Wars games, I'm actually really looking forward to other studios taking a shot at the Star Wars franchise. Ubisoft is currently developing an open-world Star Wars game, and the less said about Quantic Dream Star Wars game, the better. Three months after the abysmal launch of the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass, Nintendo has updated the Nintendo 64 emulator this week, fixing some small graphical issues in Ocarina of Time. The 1.2 update also lessens some of the input lag that's made nearly every title almost unplayable. The YouTube channel Modern Vintage Gamer tested the input lag, showing a 30% decrease in input lag compared to the previous 1.1 version. While not perfect, MVG does say it makes games like Ocarina of Time playable, so it seems like Nintendo is slowly making the Switch Online expansion pass better. Personally, though, I'm going to wait to see if Nintendo adds button remapping to the emulators so I don't have to pay $60 for an N64 controller to play a 20-year-old game on my 3-year-old Switch all right well that's it for today's episode of let's play make sure you subscribe so you can come back tomorrow for even more video game news and you know what i'm also going to remind you it's your midweek reminder to leave an itunes review apple Podcasts, itunes same thing look us up leave us a little bit of a review follow me on twitter at nate benderama and catch me streaming on twitch at twitch.tv slash limit break radio my name's nate bender keep listening